Welcome to the WNCT Podcast Network. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. It is a crisis that strikes at the very heart and soul and spirit of our national will. People have got to know whether or not their president is a crook. Well, I'm not a crook. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to this edition of What the Politics. Now, we're going to talk about the final frontier, which is space. And so before we get into that exciting topic, something that I've been looking forward to to talking about for weeks, I'm going to ask our guest to introduce himself. Thank you very much. Uh, my name is Eric Sunby. I am on the board of directors at the Space Force Association. I also serve as their uh, liaison to the uh, United States federal government. Um, I also uh, am a student at the University of North Dakota in their PhD uh, program in aerospace sciences, where I'm studying innovation and organizational management uh, in our national space enterprise. All right, so let's get into what the Space Force Association is and your exact role with that group. Yeah, so the Space Force Association uh, is very similar to other military associations. Uh, if you do a little research, you'll be able to find that there is um, the Air Force Association, uh, the Naval Institute, the Navy League, uh, and the um, Association of the U.S. Navy, Association of the U.S. Army, it goes on and on. Um, but these organizations uh, were established essentially to advocate uh, for that military branch to the federal government, uh, to be a center, a kind of a nexus uh, for industry to come and network with that branch, with veterans, with, uh, with the government as well. And uh, a big part of it is actually to inform the public. So um, one huge mission that each of these organizations has is to essentially educate the public on what's going on with those various branches, why they're necessary, why certain programs exist. Um, and sometimes what's really cool is they get to exist as a method in which you can have discourse on that topic. So let's say, you know, you have a huge program in the United States Navy, and it's spending a lot of money. It's maybe, and this is a completely hypothetical case, but let's say it's taken five years over the you know amount of time that it was originally proposed to finish, right? So people are probably going to be fairly critical of that program, right? Well, they can go to these associations, to these organizations, and most of these organizations have a method in which they put out articles or discourse on topics related to those military branches. And that is where you see a lot of really interesting discussion taking place. So you're going to have people who disagree with each other who are getting published at these organizations, just furthering the discourse so everybody can see what are the different viewpoints, what, what are the difficulties, challenges that these organizations are facing. And by organizations, I mean the military branches. And how do we fix them? How do we make it more efficient? How do we make it more effective? And there is a term, um, how to make it more lethal. Now, what you mean by that is essentially how all of those put into one word, right? They use the term lethality in a sense of how do you make this service, this military, be able to do what it is supposed to do in the most efficient and cost-effective form? Um, now, most people, when they think of the military, they don't think cost effective, but we can obviously go into that 
uh, in a little bit. But that's kind of what the association exists to do is it, it furthers the discourse on that service. And it also uh, provides kind of a, a nexus for networking, um, especially related to, to this newest branch. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And for, for people who don't maybe necessarily know what the Space Force is in and of itself, you know, this is something very new. It came out about in 2019. So could you give a little background into, you know, why it was created and, and what it is doing as a, as a department? Absolutely. So that is a that is like the best question anybody ever asks and they ask it very frequently. <laughs> so they try, they're trying, I I'm, want to commend you guys just for having this talk because you're going to be able to get this information out to the public and that's your job, obviously. So hopefully uh, people can take away uh, why it was established and why it was established was a very clear reason. This did not start in the last presidential administration. It didn't start in the presidential administration before that or before that or before that. It, uh, this began in the 1950s. This was actually talked about amongst generals all the way back in the 1950s. So this was not a new idea at all. Um, This has been something that has been proposed multiple times. The first time it was actually proposed by the federal government in a commission was the Rumsfeld Commission in 2001. Uh, That published a report that said that there needs to be a space corps. Um, In 2000, I believe seven, the Allard Commission uh, also advocated Um, for the creation of a branch. So um, those were two official commissions set up by the federal government to obviously uh, assess the national organization of space. And particularly in the military realm, what we found was that uh, the, the projects, the organization of it really was not put into a, to a system that could easily advocate for itself, right? So What I mean by that is if you look at the Air Force, they had the Air Force Space Command, and that was predominantly where most of military space operations was taking place. It was also, it's still in the Army and the Navy and the Marine Corps, it it exists in every branch. But the main problem was when those branches go to Congress, when those branches go and advocate, hey, I need this money, I need to make this project, I need to develop my forces in this way. Very often, space was at the back seat of that conversation. It rarely got what it needed, um, and it was not necessarily understood, frankly, by the general public, of course, because it is most of this information is highly classified. And also, the I mean, in my personal opinion, I don't think the Congress and, and Washington, D.C. understands hardly anything about space. Um, now, that's Maybe that's a harsh statement, but I've seen it, I've worked with it, and I'm not impressed. So um, what I see is this disconnect, and it's not necessarily their fault, right? I mean, again, this is hard to understand. Space operations are very complicated. And when it came to advocating for a new branch, it obviously was considered somewhat political uh, by the general public. Um, It's particularly the media didn't in my opinion, didn't do their research um, on the background. And they, they wrote many articles that I would say tainted um, the creation of this branch. Now, that doesn't mean that this branch is always going to have that mark. I don't think it will. Um, but that's why we exist, to try to educate the public on where is this coming from, why does it exist? And it exists because that organization was not put into place. And uh, all this does is it streamlines process. It actually cuts bureaucracy instead of creates it, in my opinion. 
Mm-hmm. So I do kind of want to jump off of a, a point that you made about the media kind of just like misunderstanding and that's the exact point of this podcast is so that we can have these long form conversations that aren't within a span of a minute 30 that we we kind of air the conversation from the source for, for whatever our reports are. So kind of getting it into um, like my question is, was this was the development of the Space Force, was that simply because of the um, because of our I guess adversaries, China and Russia, um, doing more in space, if that makes sense. I, I understand that. From my understanding, this yeah. is more of coming from a defense military kind of um, uh, point of view. Um, and so did our adversaries, because of what they're doing, um, kind of speed up the process? Yeah, so I would say that yes, um, and our perception of our adversaries, right? So um, in military strategy, when you, when you study it, uh, one very, and this is watering it down. So I hope my fellow strategists don't criticize me, <laughs> but <laughs> this is watering it down very, very low is it's kind of like Sun Tzu. It's be ready, you know, for, be prepared for something that you have not foreseen, right? Be prepared for what could happen instead of what you think just will happen, right? Um, and so one one conversation I think we've had a lot of recently is we've heard people say, oh, well, we don't need to do this program or this, this idea. We don't need to be thinking about human spaceflight in a military context. Uh, and sometimes I'll ask them, it's like, okay, well, what will it take for, do you think, uh, for the for the government to understand that maybe some of these projects proposed or just hypothetical would be good. And they say, well, it will take essentially a Pearl Harbor in space. And that's really scary for me to even think. And I, I don't think a lot of the public understand what that means, right? So uh, I will answer your question, don't worry, um, but I'm gonna provide a little caveat as to why I think this was developed, right? So you have, uh, right now, military space operations are centered around uh, satellites. So we have GPS satellites, we have uh, internet satellites like SpaceX's Starlink system um, and others. Uh, and then we also have a lot of reconnaissance, weather, um, communications, financial. You have all satellites that help with so many different things. Essentially, you and I could not speak right now like we're doing. Um, without satellite technology. Uh, you, you would not be able to do your job without satellite technology. Now, yes, there was a time where you could, but we have changed our, our methods. We've made it more you know, efficient, less, uh, less overhead. So you're not sending out uh, new signals on wires all over the place all the time, right? Uh, there are many times where people are watching you from a satellite dish in their backyard. Um, so let's think of it this way. When you take out a handful of satellites, you can, and I mean a handful, like you don't have to, you don't have to target hundreds. You could just take out a few. You could cripple the United States economy. You could, you could, you could cripple it um, because many financial transactions, most of them require uh, a GPS um, uh, satellite to, you know, for, for triangulation and all obviously understanding um, where that financial transaction takes place. So you could, you could not pay for gas with your credit card. You could uh, not be able to Venmo somebody for dinner. 
um, or buy dinner, right? Unless you have cash. Uh, and so given our reliance on space uh, at such a massive level, um, for us to not protect it is honestly one of the dumbest things I could ever think that we could do as a, as a country. I mean, it, th that's like, you know, would you protect, uh, sim simply, would you have security around the White House? Of course, of course you'd have security around the White House. At this, at this, in this day and age, you would, and you see that, right? Would you have security around, uh, you know, a military base? Yes, because those people are, exist and those systems exist to help defend the nation. Uh, you need to protect your satellite system. And we are, but we, we are finding that our adversaries, just as you said, China and Russia have been testing repeatedly kinetic and non-kinetic systems that can disable our satellite systems. So the more and more they do that, the more and more we need to be prepared. Um, also, there is a perceived uh, threat, and, and I would agree with it, that uh, they are advancing, particularly China, is advancing in space at a rapid rate. Um, they are still behind us, but that does not mean that they will not catch up or, or surpass us if we don't focus on this. Um, and so, so that hopefully that kind of answered your question, but I think a lot of people really saw that this is the time. It's been advocated for decades. We're finding that it's difficult between these branches to to hear exactly what space needs. And so the idea was, let's just let them have their own branch and we can we can listen from them, the practitioners, the people who do it every day, what they need. And then we can hopefully change and 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 get them what they need so they can carry out their mission. Mm -hmm. Sorry for the long answer. No, that's no, that was a great answer. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, and this is what I'm taking from what you just said, that it sounds like it was almost created on the offensive and not necessarily on the defensive side, if that makes sense. Um, I would say it was created more on the defensive, okay. but it was created with the expectation that we need to be able to conduct offensive. So, so they may not say this, right? I mean, because they don't want to scare, and, and nobody wants to scare the populace. And I want the populace to understand that being able to conduct offensive space operations is okay, because every single branch conducts offensive measures, right? It's not all defense. You have to be able to conduct, think of it in the terms of football, right? If you never do offense, it's gonna be a little weird, right? It's gonna be a weird game to watch. Um, so you need to be able to conduct that when you are, when you, when it's necessary. Um, but I would not say, I would never think that the U S would, would be, would carry out, you know, a, a first strike, so to speak in space. Uh, I think that, you know, whoever fires the first shot, it's not going to be us, but we are going to be prepared to respond, um, very effectively. And that's, that's, I think the point. So I think that sometimes does get misconstrued is that people do want to, you know, go offensive really quick, but we do need to be prepared and having operations, having satellite systems, having eventually people in space uh, that are focused on this topic uh, does not necessarily mean that we are going to be one in war or two uh, starting war. I, I don't think that those are ever gonna happen because I do believe that the US um, at this time, its populace is not, not okay with, with launching a first, first strike and I, neither am I, so. 
hopefully that answered that. But, yeah, yes, thank it, you. <laughs> it did, and it kind of kind of also helps answer my next question because um, I was kind of confused about not why not having this this uh, it, it's it's its own branch. Is that right? Or, yeah. Okay, so I was kind of confused about why not have housing this under like NASA where they already have like all this information about space. Um, if you want to explain a little bit about that, but I, I kind of, I just get the sense because this is, this is for, I mean, protection, really. Yeah, this is for protection. So NASA uh, conducts science experiments. Mm -hmm. um, they conduct science. They uh, conduct engineering tests. Uh, they are, they primarily exist for trying to, uh, essentially in it help with innovation in aeronautics and space. Um, and so they are not whatsoever uh, interested in the potential. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can. Okay. Sorry. It cut out on my end, but we're good. Um, they, they're, they're not, they're not interested in, you know, protecting the the United States in a military manner, right? And they should be. They're not a military branch. They existed solely for exploration uh, and, the, and obviously um, innovation. So if you look at their mission, what they do is they train astronauts. They send astronauts to the space station. Currently, this is what they do. Um, and on the space station, they will conduct science experiments. They will um, take up projects. Uh, there's the ISS National Lab, um, where they can essentially conduct um, scientific technological experiments on various technologies, um, various uh, science that, that has been uh, brought up there uh, for universities, research institutes, think tanks, various uh, organizations that are focused on that type of work, they're not interested in military space operations. And I shouldn't say they're not interested. That's not their expertise. That's not what they do, right? Um, so the difference is military space operations started very early on. The very first, uh, first human-made objects that were put into space were part of a military program. Um, they were not part of uh, NASA or, or, you know, a civilian focused program. Uh, however, these systems that we have up there now are, have always been managed by the Air Force. So we've always had essentially a space force, so to speak. It's just not been its own branch of the military, which means that it didn't have, its leader did not sit on the Joint Chiefs of Staff and it did not have its own civilian staff that was wholly dedicated to space. And what that means is this branch now has a more fighting chance, so to speak, amongst the massive bureaucracy that is within our government in this country to be able to advocate, hey, I need this. I need this project. I need this money. That was the primary reason that it was created, first off, was to be able to get what it needed because very often... It was put on the, like I said, it was put in the back seat. Um, now they're able to, to advocate for themselves. Mm -hmm. Do you want to, um, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, what was that? I was going to say, I'm going to, I want to jump in and, and see what, um, exploring what is needed, what you're seeing is needed, because there is a, a slow process when it comes to politics. I mean, I'm, uh, there's frustrations about Congress getting stuff done. Can you ex explain some of the frustrations, not frustrations necessarily, but some of your comments, critiques when it comes to what is needed for 
um, the Space Force Association, maybe how those needs aren't being met. Yeah, so uh, the association has people that have varying opinions, right? So I'm not going to speak on necessarily the association's behalf too much, but um, we do believe that space is changing so rapidly that we need to be prepared for all the changes. That means there's going to be more humans in space. There already are. Um, there are more humans in going into space on a monthly basis than I think we've ever had in the history of our planet. Uh, that means that where humans go traditionally in history, uh, the good and the bad follow. Um, good and bad have already followed. We've already seen satellites uh, that have been tested to kill our satellites. Uh, they were very, they came very close, particularly the Russian Cosmos test um, came very close to one of our own uh, systems and they launched a kinetic test, essentially. It wasn't an attack, uh, but you know, the next one could be an attack. Because of that, um, and because of humans, obviously, uh, and politics being extended off planet, um, we need to be prepared for all sorts of things. That includes humans in space and protecting those humans in space. For instance, I think a really logical first step is search and rescue. Um, so recently, I don't know if you saw the Inspiration4 mission into space, um, but that was uh, a mission with four all civilians uh, into or Earth orbit, higher than the International Space Station. Uh, they were on a SpaceX uh, Dragon capsule. So they, they didn't do the Blue Origin or Virgin Galactic um, suborbital uh, you know, flight. They did a full orbital flight for three days. And there were four of them. Um, and my primary concern when I was watching that is I thought, what if, what if they're stranded? What if there is a complete system failure um, and they're stranded on orbit. And we on Earth get to watch four people die. You know, that's that's pretty impactful. And frankly, I think a majority of people would be like, why on Earth did we not have a plan to get them back? Why couldn't we get them back? And I was talking to someone uh, who is in the government, not going to name who, that said, oh, yeah, it'll, it'll take a disaster for us to realize that we need to have something to, to fix it. And I'm like, well, that's just stupid. <laughs> that's just dumb. Uh, frankly, that's, that's, I can't, I mean, our Coast Guard, for instance, you know, you get lost on a kayak uh, in choppy waters and you're, you could almost die. The Coast Guard goes out there and gets you. Okay. Hopefully they get you in time, but nevertheless, they go out there. That's their job. That's why we have that branch. Um, I think the Space Force needs to start thinking about search and rescue. It doesn't need to be its biggest project, but we have the capabilities to get humans into space. We have a military that is able to train people in some of the most harsh environments in some of the most intense ways. We have all of that. All that apparatus exists to train people and to have a program that could conduct search and rescue. Uh, and I think that that's a perfect jo first job for um, the Space Force. And if you think about it, it's not very, you know, it's not offensive. It's not, it's, you're not attacking anybody. You're there to help people. And I think that that's what the Space Force needs to be focused on. I, I'm sure there's some people who have thought about it. I think a lot of people in the government are concerned of even mentioning Space Force having an astronaut corps or having people go into space um, because I think there's this perceived 
if we put humans in space, we're going to go to war for some reason. And I, and I, I, I really need the public to understand that that's not what this is doing. We're just trying to create ways to wait to where our daily life never changes. We can go on, we can Venmo people, we can go out to eat wherever we want. We can go and trade stocks, you know, we can live our life. And that's what I think the space force, um, you know, it's, it's setting up, right. It's in its early stage. So it gets to set the tone. And I think that it's setting a good tone right now. It just needs to continue on that. So um, hopefully that kind of answered your question a little bit, but um, you know, I, I think that's just where, where it's all going. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I I do have one comment before you know Emily asks her question, but I think I think the the public kind of scrutiny kind of just goes along with the fact that the United States has always been in a war. Um, I, I think there's only been like a handful of years where the United States hasn't engaged in some sort of you know war. Um, so I think that's kind of like where that mindset comic criticism is coming from number two how terrifying with that scenario that you kind of just laid out yeah. for us that, that's just that's just i was just like ah that is so I, incredibly terrifying <laughs> so well i wanted to ask you know we kind of talked about the background and and like the hopes and the the goals of the association as well as the space force but what is you know, right, right now, what does an everyday kind of look like for you guys at the association and what you're doing? Yeah, so, and this will go back to um, to your original question. So my apologies if it didn't fully answer it. But essentially, this association is, our daily, our daily routine is pretty much we wake up, we start communicating with uh, industry, we start communicating with the government to find out what, what's going on. You know, um, we particularly talk to the guardians in the space force and we ask them what do you need what are you lacking like what what do you see as a big problem in your career in your job and how do you think that it can be fixed right um or is it a technical problem is it organizational is it uh you know is it cultural right um for instance each service has its own culture, right? I mean, you look at the Marine Corps, they're wearing different uniforms in the army, right? And they have different traditions. They actually have mascots. They have, they have sayings. They have a culture. Um, it's its own little society within a bigger society. And the Space Force being new has to create that culture. It already has a little bit of it from its history of, you know, people working in this field for so long, but it is gonna take them a bit to, to get to that full level. So we at the association every day are working with, with people in all those sectors that I just said to essentially find out how we can assist. You know, we're civilians. We're not, we don't work for the government. We don't work for the military. We don't work for companies actually. We just work for the association and we are here to help bring it all together. We're here to advocate. Uh, that's another huge thing that we do is how do we let people understand what is going on in this field at a much higher level than what you may see in the news? Oh, well, this satellite did this. No, let's talk about why does the Space Force exist and what can it do for you? What does it do for you? How does it need to be cared for, right? I mean, we care for all of our military branches um, and we get them the resources that they need and sometimes, sometimes too many resources. Um, and, you know, what we're trying to do for the Space Force is just have it, have it be healthy and robust. 
because you know a lot of people have said, well, we don't want to make it too big, right? I, I think I remember an official said that it's going to cost fifteen billion dollars to create the space force, and a lot of people, you know, when you, when you turn on the news and you see fifteen billion dollars, everybody's like, oh my gosh, that's so much money. That's not much money. That's chump change in in the consideration of how much money the U.S. federal government spends every year. $15 billion will get you one aircraft carrier. Okay. One Gerald Ford class aircraft carrier is what $15 billion will pretty much get you. A whole branch of the military for one aircraft carrier. I'm not saying you need to replace it. I'm not going to get in that argument. I'm just saying, you know, it's not actually that much when you think of it to create a whole new branch. Right now, obviously, that branch will grow and maybe it will, you know, end up getting more funding and maybe that funding may be cut from other branches. I don't know. But at the end of the day, I want the U.S. military to be strong to defend all of us. Um, And I mean that by the word defend, right, for defense of all of us and for other free peoples across the planet. Um, And I think that the association exists every day to, to just advocate for that. Uh, to push for that. And hopefully we can see that happen. Um, we also are, you know, we, we try to push a little on, you know, we're, we're a little bit, we probably go um, a little bit further than what you'd see the government or the military say, right? Like I'm talking about human space flight. That's not really publicly talked about. I don't know if they're thinking about it or not, but um, we see a lot of issues that we think that the, that this branch can can handle. And um, so, so we're trying to, you know, push for outward thinking, thinking outside the box. So hopefully that answered how we're doing at the association. Mm-hmm. And so I only have one more question, Emily. I don't know if you have one more question. Comment on question. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and just kind of like ask my last question. But um, when you talk to lawmakers or when you're in the process of even talking to other people at the association, what is like one major frustration that, and you've probably already gotten through this kind of with just that lawmakers just don't understand, but um, what is one kind of, if you could talk to a lawmaker and say like, this is what we need, this is what we're doing, you know, just besides just from like the defense aspect of it, kind of going more into the bureaucracy of it, what is like a frustration that you or fellow people at the association run into repeatedly, if there's any? Yeah, so I wouldn't say, I mean, I, lawmakers in general, I've found do not understand, but it's not, I, I don't want to criticize them too much, right? Yeah. Because they're taking in way too much information on a daily basis. They are dealing with thousands of issues and they hear a snippet of information about this issue and that that's that's that can literally form an entire opinion on the subject right um so what we try to do is break through all the noise sit down with them a little bit longer to explain to them in depth yes this is what you hear in a classified briefing but think of it at a much higher strategic level i mean a much higher like think of it 10 years out right think of it what are these technologies that the commercial sector in China is doing, right? Um, where where they say that it's not a military program, are they being honest, right? I mean, very often we see uh, the uh, government in China not being honest with any, especially with their own people. Um, but I think one of the biggest frustrations that we have, and I, I don't know if I would say it's in the general public or if it's in lawmakers or both, um, is just a... For me personally, 
it would probably be the fact that I'm still, and it's not, I'm not frustrated with any individual, right? Because this is not anybody specifically is their fault, but I, it probably the fact that people still have to ask me, um, is this space force real? Mm. I get that question wow. from the general public a lot. Like, is that really a thing? I thought that was a joke. And I'm like, how, like, I understand you heard a, you know, a politician and a handful of politicians talk about it. And, you know, they didn't really explain too, too well what it was. Um, you know, the past president, obviously, uh, President Trump, when he spoke about it, he didn't necessarily educate the public on exactly what it was. And frankly, I don't think any president would have been able to. All right. Um, but, you know, we saw the press secretary uh, in this current administration say, wow, it's like the airplane. You know, it was, it was very, it's, they do not understand. And it scares me, right? <laughs> because that's the White House. So, um, and, and, you know, we're, we're dealing with this. Now, obviously, the military is not going to say anything about that, because that's who they answer to. But um, I'm 99% certain all of them are just like, wow, our own government doesn't even understand what we do. Um, you know, and, and really, I mean, more than any branch, the work that goes through the Space Force, frankly, fuels our daily life. Um, now, the other branches are extremely important, of course, but I mean, these satellites obviously help with everything <laughs> that we do. Um, so I think that's the biggest frustration that I have, because I, I mean, I, I even got it from a friend not that long ago. Is that really a thing? And I was like, yeah, yeah, you could Wikipedia it. <laughs> like you could see it's established. It exists. Um, but I think the association in general, the biggest um, frustration they have is the disconnect, right? The disconnect between the guardian, the person who works in the Space Force, and industry and the government. Because they think the Guardian, and, and I agree, I mean, we believe that the Guardian is frankly put in the back of the bus, so to speak, and not, not given a voice um, about this, you know, about what's changing, about what they need. And, you know, we hear a lot of industry saying, oh, well, this is what we can provide. And, uh, you know, we, we just had a conference in Colorado Springs. It was really cool. The Guardians got to come out and the whole theme was they get to tell industry what they need, not industry telling them, oh, hey, this is what we have. Right. Um, so it's trying to flip a narrative that's existed for far too long in the military industrial complex, frankly, um, where the industry says, we're going to make this, we're going to make this, we're going to make this. And sometimes the government partners with them. Now the military gets to go and say, actually, this is what we need. And it hopefully will create a more efficient process. So I think that's the biggest frustration that the association has. Definitely. Well, thank you so much. And the last comment I really wanted to make is I think a lot of people don't realize, you know, how far we've come in such a short, short period of time in the you know, advancements and evolution in the technology and the the ability to even get into space is just, I think, so mind blowing. I mean, it's really been like 60 years, around 60 years that we've been able to do all of this. And that just, I mean, that just blows my mind. So I just wanted to throw that out there. But we want to thank you so much, Eric, for taking the time out of your day to talk with us about this topic, provide some expertise and some background. We really appreciate it. 
that is going to wrap up this edition of uh, What the Politics. You guys can always find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you listen to your podcasts. And of course, if you want to check out our newer uh, component, our video component, you can find that at WNCT.com under the Features tab on the WNCT Podcast Network. And of course, you can find us every week, every Tuesday, we release a new episode. So we'll see you guys next week. And thanks so much.